0: Welcome to A Junior VC Unfiltered, your behind-the-scenes look into the AJVC newsletter team. This is your host, Mazin, and this week I'm joined by Aviral, Keshav, Rohan, Abhine and Shiraz. In this episode, we talk about FarmEasy and AJVC's piece about it, Will FarmEasy Win ePharmacy's Intense Battle? So Aviral, can you tell us why the team chose this topic?
1: We were actually discussing whether to write about product versus distribution, which we obviously will cover at some point of time, but we had been thinking about this category for quite some time. And with the news of PharmE's emerging with Medlife, Reliance acquiring NetMeds, Amazon entering the market, it was an absolute no-brainer to cover this. Um, It's a very opaque market Um, And very few people actually know how difficult it is to operate in the category, Um, you know, as the team will cover, uh, as we discuss this piece, uh, regulations are so, so tough. And starting a company in this category is not as easy as it seems. You know, when the market started out in like 2013-14, there were almost 50 players. Today, there are like four. And a lot of that is because of how the market is actually structured. And uh, it's a very interesting uh, category, very important for India's health. People you know, cannot just take a wrong pill and move on with it. So very important for the Indian consumer, very important uh, for us uh, as a country. And I think that you know, we wanted to shine a light on a market that very few people understand.
0: Thanks. So let's dive into that a bit more and, and try and understand a bit a bit about that market. So Keshav, can you tell us how FarmEasy got started and why is this such a big problem in the first place?
2: Sure, Mazen. So uh, in terms of their starting out journey, it was pretty interesting. So it was actually started by a serial entrepreneur called Dharmil Seth and a doctor uh, who was called uh, Dr. Dhawal Shah. And... Uh, So basically, Dharmil was actually a serial entrepreneur who had actually started a non-profit to help underprivileged kids. And uh, Dr. Dhawal Shah, who was working as a management consultant. And what both of them could understand was that there was a problem uh, which the patients were facing in the sense that they could not get easy and convenient access to medicine. So while that digitization had already started uh, around 2015-2016, uh, e-pharmacy was still something which was up for grabs, and there was no platform which provided home delivery of medicine to patients. So that was the simple premise through which PharmEasy really started. And the business model was that it was a pharmacy aggregator which would connect users with uh, the hyperlocal licensed pharmacies and would usually take a commission of two to three percent, which could scale up, uh, which could increase as they would scale. So that was on the starting part and uh, on why was it such a big problem, right? So what we could understand was there were three main reasons for that. The first was uh, the rising digital penetration. So uh, within, with, uh, in 2015, uh, there was a report which was published, which mentioned that online pharmacies were expected to capture five to 15% of total pharma sales over the next few years. And if you look at the pharma market itself, uh, the market was valued at upwards of ten billion dollars, which was growing at twenty percent annually. And if fifteen percent of the market would shift online, that would be a multi-billion-dollar market, which would be up for grabs. Which was a which was a big size. The second was uh, the lifestyle factors itself, uh, in the sense that uh, there was rising urban penetration, uh, and that meant there would be an increase in lifestyle diseases. So we have mentioned a few statistics in the article also that uh, India had around 65 million diabetic people in 2015, which would almost double to around 110 million by 2035. And annual sales of just anti-diabetic drugs would be as much as 3 billion, uh, which was a huge amount. The second would be that rising stress would lead to hypertension and people suffering from it would go from 120 million in 2000 to uh, around 213 million by 2025. So that was the second factor. And the third factor was that uh, if you look at the demographic dividend, which India has, right, so uh, that would last for the next 40 years to 2055. So while the median age for India right now is currently 29, uh, by 2055, the share of aging population, which is individuals aged 50 plus, would increase from 16% in 2014 to around 31% by 2055. And because of the limited mobility for for the older segment, they would increasingly prefer to get their medicines delivered at home, which would make e-pharmacies the strong choice. So I think it was a mix of large market uh, waiting to be disrupted and massive inefficiencies in the system uh, because of which e-pharmacy was up for grabs.
0: So it was a multi-billion dollar market that was forecasted to grow rapidly that was up for grabs. But Rohan, can you walk us through some of the challenges that, that this
3: industry faced,
0: specifically on
3: the regulatory front? Absolutely, Mazen. Um, the first part is that when you talk about an online pharmacy, right? especially in the times of 2015 to 2017, there was no clear regulation or no clear body, uh, no single body who was like uh, managing all of these. There were multiple licenses that were required from different uh, bodies. Uh, the main rule, the main law that kind of governed all of this uh, was the Drug and Cosmetics Act of 1940. Uh, they was still kind of applicable uh, on online pharmacies to imagine that there was no mention like of the word online. Um, in addition to that, there were massively stiff competition with all offline chemists who over the years had kind of built a very strong cartel and who were very vehemently opposed to any kind of innovation happening on the mm-hmm. online pharmacy side. Um, There were several laws, if you look at uh, the kind of regulation that these people have to kind of deal with. um, They have to kind of deal with the regulation around e-commerce, online pharmacies, mobile health-related laws, uh, telemedicine laws, and cyber security, cyberspace-related regulations. Um, One is the sheer number of all of these laws and regulations that they have to comply with. Second is the very uh, ill-defined category, very uh, ill-defined nature of these laws pertaining to an online pharmacy uh, now around 2017 18 um is when a lot of these players kind of started building their own um, lobbying organization and where they kind of continuously lobbied with the government uh, held dialogue with them and that's when the government also kind of recognized that okay this is a category that is worth the attention uh, niti ayo kind of mentioned them uh, the government also mentioned, like, acknowledge this category and started kind of talking to them about it.
0: Yeah. So, so definitely a lot of regulatory issues for these players to, to deal with, uh, but avina can you, can you explain to us what their business model looks like and how they were able to scale in this environment?
4: Yeah, so, uh business model wise pharmacy uh, model is very simple what they do is they directly go to pharma companies and distributors uh, where, from whom they source uh, the, they source products uh, medicines and what they do is they have uh, their own warehousing and uh, you know storage system in place now from there what what they do is uh, on every sale that happens to the end customer to buyer like you and me right uh, uh they charge they charge a commission on that right so around say 25 to 30% is the normal commission that they can make but yes because it's a consumer centric business they do give some discounts etc so the business model works really well uh, and uh, and leverages economies of scale well so as you see here uh, they have cut at least one part of the value chain, uh, which is which is uh, uh, the retailer, and the other thing that they have done well is when they source at bulk, they can directly source from the companies or very big distributors, right? Directly at a state or a national level distributor, so that that helps them squeeze in more margin. That's the business model they are in. Uh, Unit Economics for this uh, being a new business, right? It, it it's it's not a, a big business currently but it is supposed to be really big. Uh, uh, I think it, in 2018, it was around 330 million and by 2023, it should be around 3.6 billion. This is what is projected as per research reports. Now, uh, in, in this business, uh, when you are starting, right? Uh, once you've acquired the customer, there are two types of customers that you will get one is those suffering from chronic diseases their possibility of selling a subscription possibility of repeat purchase is very high uh and and you know because it's uh, it's it's one of those areas once acquisition cost is taken care of then you can actually make good margin so initially when they started on 2017-18 a big part of their Worry was uh, that, you know, they they were at a lower scale. So supply chain cost, delivery cost, user acquisition cost made their unit unit economics negative. But over years, right, uh, with with every passing year, they have optimized on the unit economics. And now uh, it is moving towards profitability. And good thing about this whole business is the business model has an average order value of upwards of 1000, around 1200, as per some reports. So, which makes it viable. Uh, things like you know, which exist in social, uh, in, in other commerce, uh, in commerce like you know, um, size, size. There is no fitment of size or such returns. Such type of issues do not happen with pharmacy. So that makes it really viable. And as they scale up, the margins are going to go up, which they can pass on. Right? You might you will see most of these players give a healthy discount over. Consumers, and as they as they move ahead, uh, they can also build an ecosystem of services, right? Uh, from appointment uh, doctor appointment to uh, uh, pathological labs, uh, home, uh, to to insurance, multiple other things, which most of these players have already started doing, and that will add to their re- uh, revenue as well as to- uh, bottom line.
0: I mean, it's it's a simple business model, but now with the unit economics falling into place and high lifetime value, it looks like there's a huge opportunity. Uh, and I believe Farmacy recently acquired Medlife. Shiraz, can you can you tell us about how that acquisition affected the e-pharma landscape?
5: Yeah, sure thing, Mazen. So I think it's important to to understand uh, before you know we talk about the acquisition what's what's been happening in the space so far this year and you know clearly there's been a lot, if anyone's been following the e pharma space. So, you know, even before COVID uh was a was a situation, you know, the, the space in itself was was facing a lot of uh was going through a lot of tailwinds. You know, people were increasingly adopting uh these e solutions and you know Amazon and, and Flipkart as uh, you know, viable uh, delivery models were penetrating further and further into the into the Indian households. But with COVID, what we saw was there was this forced um, realization that you that you needed things to come to your home. And so, as a value proposition, uh, the delivery model that these e pharmacies and and distributors offered was was extremely. Exciting, and we've seen um, you know multiple larger players enter the enter the industry. Um, and what's interesting, you know, as we were thinking about it as a team, is that this is both both a blessing and a disguise in some ways, right? It's a it's a blessing because you're you're gaining validation when an Amazon or a, or a Reliance comes into a to a space, but it's a curse because suddenly you're competing with you know much deeper pockets and and much more built out teams and organizations um so there there's four kind of main things that happened um in the space really over the past month or so uh the first and and probably the one that made the most news was reliance acquiring a majority stake in in netmeds which just gives them another kind of entry point into the the indian um, household, whether that's, you know, previously through, through data and phones, and now they, they, they'll be providing um, your, you know, your pills and your medicines as well. Then soon after, Amazon announced that, you know, they're starting a pharmacy service piloting in Bangalore for now and then with the plan to expand um, quickly into, into other states as well. And then Flipkart, you know, not to be left behind, uh, also announced a similar platform either independently or or through a partnership with with someone like like FarmEasy. And so on the back of that, what we're seeing and similar to what what we inevitably saw and, and talked about in, in the food delivery kind of battles, um, it just makes a lot of sense that that FarmEasy and and MedLife would end up merging, which which they did. Uh, because if you think about it, you know the actual service offering isn't too different. But what MedLife gives FarmEasy is you know a presence in the south where FarmEasy just doesn't have as much of a of a of a foothold, right? So FarmEasy is based in in Mumbai and has the west um, kind of coast market covered. But MedLife brings you know 4,000 cities, 20,000 pin codes. Um, some of, some of which, of course, will overlap, but a lot of which would be new. Uh, avenues for farm easy to grow and also kind of a focus on on the product so they've been investing pretty heavily on um, you know building artificial intelligence and machine learning into their inventory forecasts into their subscription models that they're building Uh, so both from a product and a distribution side uh, you know this this marriage of, of two companies is an interesting one and uh, you know, no one's no one's putting any money on it on the AGVC team, but I think that the category as a whole is is looking looking interesting going forward um, with the trends in its in its in its sales.
0: Definitely seems like a really interesting category with all the consolidation, some of the bigger tech giants entering the space, and and Farmeasy also consolidating themselves. Um, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to a, a Junior VC Unfiltered. I've got a favor to ask you. Will you take a minute to
3: review us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening? Thank you.